This is another episode of the Hey Aaron podcast. On this episode, I'm going to talk about fantasy football. I'm going to talk about my fantasy football resume for a bit from 2006 to 2012. I believe I've won eight fantasy football championships across 16 leagues. Over the last nine years, though, I've only won, I believe, two fantasy football championships out of 18 leagues. So not playing as well as I used to, but I'm still an above average fantasy football player. And of course, luck plays a big role in fantasy football. Last year, for instance, a meaningless touchdown by J.K. Dobbins knocked me out of the postseason in my business school league. And if that had not happened, I would have actually won another fantasy football championship in my Maryland grad school. And luck has also favored me early on couple of those championships, I believe I won. I had LaDainian Tomlinson with the number one pick, which pretty much ensured me a fantasy football championship. I generally got Washington football players who were underrated, like Clinton Portis in the second round, when they should have been taken in the top ten. I stole Frank Gore in the ninth round across all fantasy football leagues I was in one year and he turned out to be a stud and he won me a couple of leagues. Lately though I've not been getting as great value probably because I don't spend as much time playing Madden back in the college days. I would believe I was in the top 200 in Madden. I don't have time for that anymore and I think other people are just generally better at fantasy football When I have a draft board, for instance, in the second round, when I have the 24th pick, there's some cases where I get only the 23rd best player, whereas in the past I would get get another first round pick value with that second round pick. Of course, in my Maryland Business School League, it's an auction draft, um, so it generally is pretty different than anything I was used to in the early days of fantasy football when I was playing. So that gives the opportunity for other people to get whichever player they want. The the team with the number one pick often has a huge advantage in some years, like they can get LaDainian Tomlinson, as I mentioned. But now people can bid up for Christian McCaffrey if they're willing to spend a huge wad of their salary cap on a player. And what I've noticed is that 10 out of 12 teams are generally in the playoff mix because of that format. I haven't really figured out a way to hack the formula and how to assemble the a completely dominant fantasy football team as they have in the past. And it's pretty tough to do that given that everyone has different needs and you don't want to get caught bluffing in a fantasy football draft. And if you're bidding on a player, people will tend to figure out you want that player. So they'll bid up for a player and you have to be smart on whether or not if you want a player at that value. There's some years where I believe I've drafted players and I've tried to pretend that I didn't want a player, uh, but that hasn't been worked early on. And I got stuck with Pin Hillis from the Cleveland Browns. Although it was funny one year, I nominated Cam Newton as a joke so that people would bid on him when he was a rookie and I ended up getting him for $1 and I did end up 
competing for a fantasy football championship because Cam Newton won Rookie of the Year. And one year I bid up Donovan McNabb as a joke and somebody else in our league ended up bidding on him and they got stuck with him because they were trying to bid him up in an attempt for me to overpay for him, but I had no interest in Donovan McNabb and he turned out to be a bum and he actually got cut from the league that season. Overall, the auction league format is fun, although it's definitely different from what I'm used to, and I don't actually get a lot of practice with it other than the years I'm in my Maryland Business School League, and I believe that has the most money in all the leagues that I'm in, so it's definitely the one I pay attention to the most, but it's hard to practice the auction league format combined with the fact that there are keepers in this league, so... You can't just rely on the ESPN values. Players are going to go for more, especially the top players, and you have to account for that in your budget. Um, one member in our league, Julie, she has Alvin Kamara, and she got him at $1 and as a rookie because nobody thought Alvin Kamara was going to be that good because he was a backup to Mark Ingram that season. And now, four years later, Alvin Kamara... It's, is still on her team at a $22 value when it would probably go for somewhere close to $70 or $80 in our auction league and a $200 total budget. So it's pretty crazy that you have to take that into account. You can't really target sleepers. There's one team in our league, uh, Johnny Gravel. He targeted just six or seven rookies on his team. It was ridiculous last season. It, he did end up with a pretty good keeper in Jonathan Taylor, but his team was pretty far out of it in the playoffs uh, this year. C.D. Lamb was not that great this season, and you can't keep all your players in their league, so that makes another wrinkle, which makes it pretty interesting. Speaking of gravel, I just have to remember that one play. It was the, the first week of our business school league, but I believe it was the final play on a special teams play where I ended up pulling out ahead because the I believe it was the Dallas Cowboys, one of their players threw a meaningless onside kick recovery and he fumbled it and I ended up winning the game. I sorry if I don't remember the name of the player, but Gravel was pretty upset because he actually would have won the game if it was we were doing by point yards if like was 0.5 yard points equals five yards he would have won the game basically but it was only we we're doing points if you only got 10 yards per point and that rule has been changed so I guess I'm like well Chamberlain they changed the rules because I keep winning in fantasy football the year I won the championship last which was 2019 they had two flexes for running backs and wide receivers but they amended the league after that season to only one flex again changing the rules to my detriment so i'll give an update on that league going forward because the draft is happening on wednesday but now i'm going to touch on a league which brian brennan invited me to which is the impractical jokers which has also been a very eventful league given all the trades that have happened in that league i believe i've made more trades in that league than i have ever made probably in all the other leagues combined. And 
only with one member, Michael Edgley. Uh, I drafted Michael Thomas in the first round last year with the number three pick. Ended up swapping him for, I believe, Julio Jones and Dalvin Cook. And it led to this weird circular trade. And somehow I got Michael Thomas back on my team with, like, I believe I traded Boston Scott and Chase Claypool. And Michael actually thought Boston Scott was Miles Sanders, but he accepted the trade. I didn't undo the trade and maybe... It Michael Edgley hates me, but I believe we completed a trade shortly thereafter that where I traded Jameis Winston for Josh Herbert and I believe another small piece, which was Devin Singletary, I threw in. And it turned out that Jameis Winston didn't turn out to be the starter. Uh, Taysom Hill was on the waiver wire. I wasn't going to be a complete jerk and pick up Hill. But that trade, I think, helped me out. But even with all those trades, Matt dominated the league. I believe he had Travis Kelsey. Got an A- minus in this Yahoo draft. He looks like he has another strong team. I got a B in my draft, although they're citing that I overtook James Robinson in the draft. They're saying that was the biggest reach, but uh, Etienne of the Jaguars got injured earlier that day. So I believe his average draft protection has moved up since then. So I think I do for a higher grade from Yahoo's. And they, again, I acquired Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Maybe I'm looking to make a trade with Mike down the line. Um, probably with a few curse words thrown my way, but it is what it is. And hopefully there'll be a trade to my benefit, but I think Mike, if he keeps making trades, he'll eventually come on top of one of these trades for sure. And his team actually looks pretty strong. I think Mike is supposed to win this week against Brian. Brian though has had really strong team. Yeah. Stefan Diggs is actually going to be my keeper in my Maryland uh, league. Terry McLaurin, Saquon Barkley, I don't like Daryl Henderson, sorry, Brian, but maybe he turns out to be a stud. Of course, Mike got Christian McCaffrey, so he looks like he's going to win, but you never know, and Brian has pulled out a lot of wins, and he's typically a playoff team, so we'll see what happens. As for my team, I did draft C.D. Lamb. I didn't really want to draft him, but it just turned out he was there on the board where he had good value. And since I didn't really like my team that much, I decided, I think, towards the end of that draft, hmm, what's Deshaun Watson up to? I think I'm going to take him. I did not plan to take Deshaun Watson, but I believe I was going to take Sony Michelle when he was off the board. Then I was like, fine, I'm just going to take another probably criminal quarterback that I have taken in fantasy football one year. I took Ben Roethlisberger and Michael Vick. And I won a fantasy football championship. So I was trying to go for that. Um, selling my fantasy soul to win. I already thought I was doing that. Sorry, C.D. Lamb, for comparing you to Deshaun Watson. But you do play for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't really like the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't have any Washington football team players on this team. I'm going to have like no rooting interest. 
personally for this team. DeAndre Hopkins, I do like, but Deontay Johnson on the Pittsburgh Steelers, no, I don't like the Steelers. Alvin Kamara's okay. I, he plays for Mike's team, though, so if Alvin Kamara plays well, then Mike will still probably find a way to make fun of me. But yeah, let's see what happens with Deshaun Watson. If he plays, it'll be good for fantasy football, but obviously I don't really expect him to play, and I have another quarterback ahead of him. I don't really think that Deshaun Watson should play this year, but regardless of the facts of the case, it looks like there's a good chance he'll get traded to the Miami Dolphins, and maybe he could turn out to be a steal in fantasy football if he plays. Although there's also a very good chance the Texans hold on to him. And they've been playing Deshaun Watson as the fourth quarterback, playing him at safety as a joke in practice. And I don't know why they're even holding on to Deshaun Watson, to be honest with you. I trade him to Miami. The Texans do need to tank, especially if they're not even going to play Deshaun Watson. It just seems like a meaningless exercise at this point. You hit on Deshaun Watson as a draft pick. But you just got to know when to fold them. At this point, the Texans are not going to do anything significant, especially after trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. Bill O'Brien did deserve to be fired after that, and it was pretty obvious at the time he needed to be fired. It wasn't one of those trades where, oh, David Johnson's going to be a stud. No, he was pretty awful the prior year with the Cardinals, and... It was a joke that they even attached a pick with David Johnson. And DeAndre Hopkins should be really good going forward. Maybe ages like Julio Jones. Did I say Julio? (laughs) Julio Jones. And yeah, that's enough with the impractical jokers. We'll talk more about the Valley Green League. Um, Been in that league probably the longest. Going against Dan Falkowski... I believe in three different championships or two different championships and I pulled out ahead one year he had Tony Romo and he got injured and that was pretty much the difference of the game I think my team was seven and six that year and I snuck into the playoffs my team definitely did not deserve to win that season but I've had teams that have been stacked and looked good and lost but that team was seven and six Calvin Johnson has won me a couple of fantasy football championships in that league, so it's pretty funny that Dan's probably, I would say, as good a fantasy football player as me, but he's just played me in the finals like a couple times, and he lost, and he hasn't won our league, and I think he's probably due to win our league. And I haven't even won the Valley Green Fantasy Football League since 2012. So we'll see what happens. I've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. About to readjust my draft strategy. I can't just take running back, running back, running back. The league has changed since the mid-2000s. Definitely a more pass-friendly league. Quarterbacks in that league get these huge extra bonuses, so it's definitely a wild card. I have not been as dominant, but been a little bit better. Made the playoffs the last couple of years. Haven't pulled out a championship. But it's an interesting league. Bob is uh, another player in our league. He often used to just have a bunch of Philadelphia Eagles on his team, but he's gotten really good in fantasy football. Dan's wife, Sarah, is really good. 
and there are a bunch of other people in our league. Jack, the commissioner. I remember he used to get Drew Brees a lot. I think he's one. Well, he's a pretty strong fantasy football player. And I'll give updates maybe on that league going forward. That's the fantasy football update for the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the shorter episode. Let me know if you have any fantasy football questions. If not, I'll probably touch on the Washington Wizards in my next podcast going forward. Thanks for tuning in. Signing out.